This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and welcome to the new year. It's 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. New Year, new thoughts, new beginnings. There's something really awesome about every new year. I love New Year's, like not as much as I love Christmas, but it's part of that whole Christmas holiday season. And so I just love that opportunity to just say, you know what? I'm hitting the restart button. And I love New Year's Day because it is some of the best football games on the planet. I cannot wait for 11 o'clock to get here to see my Tigers beat up on the Badgers of Wisconsin and, of course, watch the two semifinal games this evening. So that's what I'm doing today is I'm going to be driving back from New Orleans and then getting back in time to hole up to watch football with popcorn and rotel dip and game day food all day long to see if the fact that I didn't gain any weight over the holidays that I can fix that in one day on New Year's Day. Just a fantastic day. Football galore. I really miss the fact that everything used to really finalize on New Year's Day. Now we have the college football playoff and the whole extension of an extra week and probably an extra two weeks starting next year when we expand from four to 12. And so I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I haven't seen the scheduling logistical plan of a 12-team playoff over a four-team playoff. I know who gets buys and all that kind of stuff, but I have not seen logistically when and where everyone's playing. So I, I am looking forward to that. But today is today. And today is my football day, and I have a a great announcement for our listeners. And we are not going to talk about goals or New Year's resolutions or any of that kind of stuff, because you can listen to any other podcast in the world, and they're going to be doing that today, but not us. We're not New Year's resolution people anyway. This is easy for us to just bypass all that. What I would like for us to talk about today is cool stuff that we see happening in 2024 in the insure tech world, and maybe some things that people think are cool that are not so cool. Unfortunately, I'm going to show up as the old guy in this conversation slash debate because I'm starting to think that I have some set in my ways opinions, depending on whether it's actually realistic or actually going to help. I'm not the negative guy, but I'm maybe a little pessimistic on some of the trends that I'm hearing about. I always detest words and phrases that are used wrong. And and the whole concept of AI being used the way that it is, is such a misnomer and so misleading. But we're going to call it that because that's what everybody is calling it. And if you want to have that technology discussion, that you should come to our house for beverages or dinner or lunch or breakfast because it gets talked about on a, on a very regular basis. And the cute boy and I uh, both feel the same way about that terminology. But that being said, AI is becoming a true buzzword, not only in the world, but within our industry. It is interesting what's happened with AI and what's happened with Uh, really some drama, obviously, around chat GPT and that whole thing that went on in the fall, late fall. There's so much passion around AI off either end of the spectrum. And then there's so much 
that is unknown. It is a little spooky at times, and it is a little concerning what the potential is. Everybody's got the the whole Terminator effect in their mind, and are we going to be ruled by robots and et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. These are things that I don't sit around and contemplate these days. This is when you ask yourself, does this directly affect me today, tomorrow, or, or within the next month? And if you say no to any of those things, then it's okay to skip it and go on to the next thing. It really is. Over the holidays, I've I've been having that conversation with myself and I'm like, okay, right now I need to focus on what is directly affecting me and the people around me. Yeah, this is very true. And that's really important for our agencies and very important for our agency owners to not get too wrapped up in the clickbait or the media buzz around just the whole concept of AI or even in tech, let's take it with a little bit of grain of salt and let's just understand that some of the things that people are talking about are somewhat biased in the sense that they benefit the people that are talking about it. The buzz around AI making people freak out and say, oh my gosh, we're behind. Oh my gosh, we got to catch up. It's where about the late 90s, early 2000s, the tech bubble, and we're left, we're going to get left behind. And the reality of it is that's just not the reality. (laughs) And it's not true. And you're not out of time. You're not like behind if you are not 100% up on certain aspects that are on the leading edge of things. I found it very interesting the last time that I visited the home office there in Texas, I went to a luncheon with uh, some of our team members and the people that were hosting the event were doing commercials for different local businesses. And they made this big deal about the fact that they had used chat GPT to create the things they were saying. And it was so inauthentic. I was sitting there and I was listening to it and I'm like, this is the cheesiest thing that I've ever heard. I would never as a marketer use that terminology because these aren't things that people say. And the idea of chat GPT is great. I'm not going to say that I've never used it for something, especially if I'm searching for a word or a phrase or sometimes having that additional input, if you don't have a person to bounce things off of, is nice to have. But from a marketer's perspective, from a business owner's perspective, don't get so wrapped up in the perfection that you lose your authenticity. And I see that happening a lot in the marketing world. Yeah, it's the shiny object on steroids time a gazillion right now. And it's the thing that everybody says, just put it through that put it through the chat GPT filter, et cetera. And there are some things that have its place, but we are going to advocate authenticity. I am significantly going to be on the pro-authenticity bandwagon in terms of encouraging that. I just don't think that can be replaced. And I don't think that will be replaced in our communities and that will be replaced in who we are and how we present ourselves. And It is going to become obvious to a degree and the incredible, brilliant scientific minds and the creators of AI and all of this that are happening in these huge supercomputing models are going to laugh at me when I say that because they're going to say we can program authenticity. And I'm just going to say you can try, but I don't believe the human element is going to be replaced. 
think about drones. We are not waging war in the same way we did 100 years ago. So I completely understand that. The use of drones and the use of all kinds of different things in the world today are way different than they were even 50 years ago. There's that element of it. But there's still the human controls behind the scenes. There's still areas specifically when we talk about insurance where I believe the human element is still proving itself to be superior, that we are seeing the breakdowns of some of that AI or insure tech in the marketplace in general, in the results. And there's always going to be an excuse for why. That's just part of it. We're just learning. Just wait until we get to iteration 12. There's some common elements of our world in general, not just insurance, that just work. If it's already a 10, where are you going? What's the next level that you're trying to get to? My ADHD so just kicked in when you started talking about drones, because all I could think of was Amazon's concept and practice of using drones for delivery. And if that happened in North Louisiana or East Texas, I just see that as target practice with prizes. Sure. Absolutely. People are taking those things out. It's going to happen. But isn't that the kind of really funny thing and maybe the irony of we're talking about drone delivery and drone, but then this is pulling up to the back of the post office and dropping all the packages for the postal carriers to send out to all the houses. There's just this stark contrast of idea versus reality. And ideas are fantastic. Look, I don't know how many patents and how many incredible technologies that NASA gave us. I'm not anti-technology, anti-progress or anything like that. I just find humor in we're advancing delivery with drones, but yet this truck is pulling up at the post office. And so there's humor in that. We're just maybe not there. And are we ever going to actually reach that place? And maybe in very densely populated metro areas, does that make really good sense? There are more questions get produced with some of those ideas than answers. And we just end up in this vicious circle of actually not making progress on anything. Let's talk about that kind of progress in the post office. They recently, at the post office here in Pensacola, put in a self-service electronic machine. And it's the holiday season. And we have apparently one of the busiest post offices in the South. I had no idea of this until talking with one of the district managers. And I started talking with him because the line to get stamps is absurd. We're talking a two to three hour line to get stamps. And so I discovered that when I needed stamps, it is much better for me to just walk to the front of the, like, I, I'll get in line and I'll watch what's going on. And most people are struggling with this machine so badly that I just walk to the front of the line and I say, can I help you with that? And then like, I'll help the next eight or nine people get their stuff mailed until it's my turn. And I've done this enough to the point that the district manager who was overseeing this new technology at the post office asked me if I wanted a job. Hmm. He's like, you are getting people in and out of here faster. And I'm like, you know, it's just because I need to go back to work and I don't have time to stand here while these people figure out how to use the technology that you've put in. And I appreciate the idea behind the technology, but instead of just me telling it I need a book of stamps and it gives me stamps, it literally has to print every 
single stamp individually. All of that said, there is a place for technology and I love technology. And if I could just go to the post office and walk up to this thing and I could tell it that I wanted to mail a package and type in their addresses and type in my addresses and it's good to go, that's fantastic. However, what I have discovered during the Christmas season was that most people aren't ready for that. And it is overwhelming and it is frustrating and it is frustrating for People like me, they're at the back of the line waiting for people to spend 15 to 20 minutes figuring out how to send a package. Now, I didn't sit back there and grumble like most people. I just walked the front of the line and started helping people. But that said, within our agencies, we're seeing the same thing. The human element is still vital for the majority of customers. We have ideas in this technology progression, but we do it and we don't think about our customer. Have a similar experience with going and doing lab work and the labs here locally have gone to an iPad check-in, okay? There's no receptionist. Who are the majority of the people going in to do lab work? They're older. I'm the significantly young guy in the room at 50. They can't work the kiosk. And so I have found myself at times standing in a volunteer basis because I just can't stand it. Like they get frustrated and they feel dumb. And I just can't stand for people to feel like that because it's not their fault. Their world does not revolve around the kiosk. And so here is the lab company who's put in this technology to obviously save cost and people and all that. And their customers hate it. And what they really should do is they should have a technical advisor, a person standing by the kiosk, helping people learn how to use it, at least for some period of time until, guess what? Your customer base is going to figure it out. And my point of that whole story is that this is what I see us doing. I see us running away from our customer in all types of parts of our business, not thinking about our customer. We're trying to just shove stuff down people's throat and we're doing it in the name of progress. And I'm not anti-progress, but do it at the right pace makes your customer experience better, not worse. I feel like that's what's happening in the world of InsurTech, especially on the insurance company side of InsurTech. Because we're forgetting the fundamentals of insurance that really are not going to change much. If you think AI and InsurTech is the 100% answer to retention and profitability, get on social media and read your news feeds about people complaining about self-checkout. Now, disclaimer here, I love self-checkout. I am the queen of the self-checkout. I'm going to get it's, in. I'm going to get out. I am not going to have to interact. At some point in time, I'm going to look cute in the camera. I haven't achieved that yet. If they would get rid of that thing where I have to look at myself from that really terrible angle, I don't think I would ever go through a regular checkout again. But all of that being said, people hate it and they complain about it. And it's awful. And there have been conversations at our house over the holidays about self-checkout almost every day. And just remember, you don't want to be the self-checkout of the insurance world. I like self-checkout too. That's a great example though, because while some people may like the convenience or some people may like that process, there's 
obviously this deal of what has been gained through that. And it's basically cost reduction. They're not paying for checkers. They're not paying for that. But I have not seen an improved customer experience necessarily. Just giving me the ability to be in control of checking my items is not necessarily a customer experience improvement. I haven't seen more helpful people attending the stores. Matter of fact, if anything, I've seen a degradation in that where I can't get help with anything. I'm trying to find someone. And if you're not going to employ the checkers because I'm going to do my own checkout, then at least employ some percentage of that group into this realm of being more present to help me with a question. That would be a great customer experience instead of just, okay, we're going to reduce our employee count by 20 people. Don't reduce it by 20 people, reduce it by 15 and give me five attendants across different parts of the store. Do something that makes my experience better. We definitely always need to find ways to improve capacity and pull the excess out of the system. But then you can't pull 100% of the elasticity out of the system. When you do that, you're setting yourself up for a crash and burn. And I feel like that's what's happened. I feel like that's what the attempt is. We're going to put in this technology and we're going to pull all the human element out. That's bad. And I want to defend you to anyone that's sitting here thinking he's the old guy. He doesn't like technology. You have been on the cutting edge of technology in the insurance world for decades. You really have. And you have invested in technology before it was brought to market. And this has been a huge part of your vision and the things that you've done. And some things have worked, some things have not worked, but that's part of what makes you successful is that you're able to say, okay, we tried this and it didn't make sense. Like the idea recently of the agency app. We were all in. We're going to have this app. We're going to present this offer to our partners. Some liked it, some didn't. But you looked at the data, you looked at the feedback, and we decided, okay, yes, we were all in on this. And people just don't need an independent insurance agency app. They don't use the information enough. It's just as easy for us to have a mobile-friendly website. And so it's not that you're anti-technology. It's not that our organization is anti-technology. We make the investments, but we figure out pretty quickly, okay, yeah, this is needed, or yeah, no, this shiny object tarnished really quickly. I am very pro-technology but I am pro-technology that works and I am pro-technology that enhances the customer experience. The second half of 2023, I invested in a new startup that is going to be a tech startup set to launch in the end of the first quarter here in 2024. And yes, I am very much about technology and improvement and process improvement within our industry. We have to. What I am not for are the things that just don't work and they're just being created because something is cool. There are a lot of things out there that are cool looking, fun, gimmicky, shiny, and they serve no real purpose to our customer. And we buy them and we raise our cost as an agency when we could have invested in another person, or we could have invested in just ourselves, or we could have done something that improved our customer experience that this new shiny cool thing isn't 
going to do for us. And then on top of that, oh, by the way, we just destroyed our sort of all-encompassing ecosystem because now it doesn't integrate with our core applications. And so now we got to go hire a third party to maintain the integration. And that's the part that is going to present me as a little bit of the old guy, but I like to think that I'm more of the technological realist. I want the stuff to just work. Our customers flat out told us they weren't going to use an app for insurance purposes. And we did it. We tried it. We put it out there, not for six months, not for two months. We put it out there for three years and they told us that doesn't really matter to us. Why continue to do something that your customers are saying is not important? We can't do a podcast about outlooks in 2024 without talking about the fact that it's an election year. I would love to know your thoughts on how the upcoming election is going to affect our industry. There's a lot of confusion around the economy right now. And I read probably the best explanation for this just in the last few days from the Kiplinger letter. And what we have, what I perceive that they are saying and what I perceive is happening in the marketplace is there's a lot of confusion and people don't understand it. All we hear is negative. All we hear is things are terrible. Things aren't good. But yet with our eyes, what we see is we see crowded restaurants and we see spending is up and we see that labor employment numbers are up. See a two and a half hour line at the TJ Maxx. That's right. We see busy roadways. We see vacationers. We see all these things and they do not match what we hear or what the media outlets are telling us. All these things are mismatched in the marketplace and the economists are confused. Our Federal Reserve governors are confused. What we now have that's about to hit us is we have this election cycle that we're about to get into because we have the political industrial complex that we've now entered over the last 30 or 40 years. And it's like, why did politics become an entire economy in and of itself? There's just a lot of confusion that we have and we don't really know what's going to happen. But here's what we can kind of bank on in a way. We're not going to see major movements in like interest rates. We might see a little bit of a pullback. We might see a hold steady, but we're not going to see a lot of change during an election cycle because an election cycle doesn't want that change. At least the incumbent doesn't. The incumbent wants a strong economy leading into the election day. And the party that's out of power wants to attack it and wants to do things that are going to show people the negativity side of the economy. And so you're going to have this tug of war going on. And at the end of the day, back to your situation, is it affecting me and the people around me and my customers right now, tomorrow, next week? We have to have horizon views, but we also have to be able to control the things that we can control. But I don't think what you're going to see is this major shift in the economy up or down over the next nine to 12 months. You want to know my prediction? Sure. Gas prices are going to go down starting about September. They always do. We've already seen some of that. I do agree that it's confusing. And back to the Kiplinger 
letter. We have the negative trend coming out of a pandemic. We have the negative trend of inflation. We have the polarization of our political spectrum. We have the media who is stirring the pot and throwing gas on the fire because that's how they get more readers and more clicks. And what we really have is we have this mental state of negativity, but we have this actual state of things are pretty good. Think about insurance agencies. They're constantly getting berated over the last year and negativity from their customers about rate and price increases and capacity and all these things, but their bank accounts are growing. So we have these two adversely effective scenarios and people are flat out confused. And then it makes us indecisive and it makes us just freeze. And my encouragement and what we're doing is we are bulldozing our way through. Slow and steady wins the race. We're going to keep plowing, bulldozing our way through this cycle, and then we're going to stay prepared for the upswing. What do you see as the most exciting, positive thing that's going to happen in 2024? I hope, I pray that authenticity truly does start to have its breakthrough, that people do see through some of this fakeness, some of this house of cards marketing that I see happening out there. I see that as a huge positive for the authentic marketers out there. You win. You get to continue to be who you are. Some agents I'm talking to are starting to see through that shiny object syndrome. They're starting to see that they just want their technology to work and two extra clicks is okay. Spending Thousands of dollars a month on saving two extra clicks is not that important. Select and attach versus drag and drop is not the end of the world. There's just little things that's okay. We're a little more of realist. And I see this sort of positive trend towards that because people are exhausted by all the political spectrum, all of the negativity. I see that as being the positive is people are exhausted from the negativity. So they have nowhere to go but to turn and go the other way. And that sounds a little crazy, but at some point you just have to go, wait a minute, I am out of toxic. I am out of this. I'm going somewhere else. I'm changing my circle. I can't keep going down this path. This is not healthy. That's the positive trend that I hope for. Happy 2024. We're so excited to enter this new year with you. And I'm going to leave us today with this quote from David Bowie. I don't know where I'm going from here, but I promise it won't be boring. And don't forget, attitude is absolutely a choice. So make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.